This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. If you've been paying attention, you know that providing access to data has been an important part of our strategy at USHBC as we work towards making blueberries the world's favorite fruit. Now, this started primarily back during our efforts at NABC, where there was a task force that was created that was designed to help develop a strategy going forward that has now really influenced so much of what we do at NABC and USHBC. But that MOU history, that history of developing a platform for data was really driven out of a conversation with growers and handlers and marketers and industry stakeholders alike, a part of that United Blueberry Task Force. And that United Blueberry Task Force identified data as a really important aspect of going forward for the industry, improving what would otherwise be our true north. So a lot of effort has come out of those conversations since then, certainly, but we're not talking about data for just data's sake. Joe and this team has been really working hard to provide the type of data that the industry is asking for. And last year in our attitudes and usage study on the response was clear that growers and down the road, of course, retailers could benefit from more detailed sales information about blueberries. So understanding what's happening in this business is really important, largely led by data. And this certainly led us at USHBC to make the strategic decisions to switch from Nielsen's to SPINS data. Now, what is SPINS? Why is this a step in the right direction for blueberries now? And what does that mean for you and your business? Well, that's what we're here to talk about on today's episode. So joining me for this conversation is USHBC NABC Director of Business Intelligence, Joe Vargas, and SPINS Vice President of Channel and Retail Partnerships, Brandon Castile. Joe and Brandon, thank you for joining me on the business of blueberries. Yeah, thanks, Casey. Thank you for having me, Casey. I'm excited to be here. All right. Well, Brandon, I'm glad you're here as well. So I kind of do want to start at the basics. That first question I know people are probably asking like, well, what is spins? And we can talk there uh, later about how that compares to where we've been. But but I think it's going to be important. We just start off with you giving us an overview of what is spins. So spins is a syndicated data provider. That's kind of fancy, fancy words for saying we track what is selling across hundreds of thousands of grocery stores all over the United States. And so regardless of the format of those stores, so it could be a natural retailer like a Sprouts, or it could be a big box retailer like a Kroger, or even an independent type of a, a grocer that's releasing their data to us, they're all voluntarily releasing hundreds of thousands of stores of information to us as to what finished goods and fresh goods are selling across the consumer landscape in today's marketplace. And then once we get that data, we're not done there. We add literally thousands of attributes on top of that information so that everyone can get smarter about what's on shelf, not just the retailers, but also the manufacturers. And then really everybody in the ecosystem, whether it's associations like you all or 
even the food brokers and distributors of the world that are also involved in the ecosystems, really trying to cater to the preferences of today's conscious consumer. Well, and, and I appreciate the, the natural stores aspect that makes this different and unique. But if I'm listening, if I'm an audience, you know, our audience is mostly the blueberry industry and you're coming at this, you know, from certainly a retail produce department, you know, kind of big picture. But what's in it for somebody who's listening from our industry today? Like what's in it for them? What would you tell the person about the benefits of getting a more complete picture of what's happening in the retail channel? And, you know, why, why spins in that answer? Yeah, I think the easiest way to answer that is the diversity in the types of retailers that are releasing to us. So I think so many of the retailers that release data to spins do so in an exclusive manner, meaning they don't release their data to any other providers. So some of you listening may have some familiarity with Nielsen, which is one of our competitors. Well, they have some exclusive relationships as well, but not nearly the level of diversity that Spins has. So lots of natural retailers only release their data exclusively to Spins, but then there are many through a partnership that we have with Zirkana, which is the former IRI, that release data exclusively to them. And through that partnership with IRI slash Zirkana, we have a view of the entire marketplace, conventional, and natural. And so much of that data is exclusive to not just spins, but also our partner in Circana slash IRI. And so you really are getting the fullest total picture of what's happening in today's market, because a lot of what's being released to us is unique and we're the only place to get it. Yeah. And, that, and that's interesting. I mean, for me, just hearing you describe it from, you know, the place that we were back, you know, right in March of 2020, I think we started pulling Nielsen data in April. I mean, it became such an immediate need to understand the marketplace dynamics. Uh, it gave good evidence as to why organizations like ours, on behalf of an industry, starts pulling data back to, you know, basically help communicate and educate, even in an emergency moment like that, you know, what's happening with our category. Um, so we kind of ran right into, we need something to be able to see things we can't see today on how this world's turning based on that circumstance. Um, but this, this is something that, you know, Joe inherited. So Joe joined us as our director of business intelligence, you know, realizing that, you know, we were working with Nielsen. So Joe, maybe you jump in here and talk a little bit about your understanding better than anyone, what the industry is looking for in terms of data and, and what excites you about this new engagement with spins. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when you look at the current ecosystem, you know, when you walk into that retail store now versus 10 years ago, everything's changed. Nothing's the same. You know, how everybody's merchandising and the different products that are out there and how many different products are out there and some of those synergies that between different brands and, and combinations of things, there's, there's just so much happening that if you're still trying to understand these legacy categories and not and not looking for what's disrupting the category and what's you know where's what's the next thing what is trending and and where are the things going you're going to be behind and so that's really where we were looking you know there's the conventional data there's Nielsen and and what we were doing with that there's IRI or now Circana out there 
you know, and then there's there's these other guys, and and that's where we started to you know pay attention to spins and and some of the exclusivity, like like Brandon's talking about, um, being able to look at natural, being able to look at health and wellness and vitamins, supplements, those types of things, um, even all the way into like pet food. You know, there's just so many different channels and so many different things that we can start to begin to understand about the category. That if we were just looking at Nielsen data or just looking at the you know normal retail syndicate syndicated data, we can understand and give a good category review back to a category manager or something like that. But if we truly want to understand where are things going and how do we become an early adopter, how do we do what's the best that we can do for the blueberry industry and even produce industry in that? And that's where we're headed. And I think that some of these new formats, and they're not so new, um, you know, Sprouts and, and a lot of these guys, Fresh Time have been around a long time. But I think that their their concept is starting to pass on to some of these big box stores. Within the big box stores, we're seeing new banners that are coming out that are maybe a smaller footprint, but more focused on produce, center store produce, things like that. So that's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to understand that a little better so we can help the industries understand that a little bit better. Well, and, and part of what is different here, Joe, with your role is that, you know, you have USHBC working directly with spins. And so talk about the advantages of of your role on behalf of the industry in relationship to Brandon's company and how you see that dynamic being of benefit to the industry. Yeah, sure. So we're always trying to get closer to that source of truth. You know, our goal is really to become that sole source of truth to the industry. And so teaming up with somebody like Spins um, gives us access to individuals like uh, analysts that are on staff that have tenure, not only in Spins, but in other, you know, retail agencies, you know, they've been handpicked to understand spins data and understand syndicated data and that's what they do every single day they live in that and for us to be able to connect with them understand ask questions you know educate ourselves and you know i think that we should never stop you know trying to educate ourselves and i think that's what we're seeing within spins is they're they're early adopters and they're trying to understand new diets you know all these different uh things that are out there grain free you know a lot of these different non-gmo call outs and claims like they're really trying to understand with them and working directly with them to understand, you know, where things are headed and being able to have that direct connection to ask questions where we're getting real time answers. And, um, you know, we have our own systems, but they have their systems too. And so we're really able to elevate what we're doing. We're brought on a, a group of analysts straight from spins that are helping us to develop um, and further develop different products that we have there out there right now, like our monthly and quarterly reports and innovate and try to figure out what are some new things that we can present to the industry that's going to help shape it and, and get us going into this next uh, next iteration of, of shopping and all the different uh, things that are coming at retail. Sure. Well, I want to get more into the details of what Spins has agreed to provide the blueberry industry, and there's a lot to it, I understand. But it's time for our crop report. We have regions throughout North America harvesting every week this time of year. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. Jason Smith reporting for uh, British Columbia today. 
we're currently we're getting some light showers, which is much needed, as I'm pretty sure uh, is everywhere in the Pacific Northwest. A couple cooler days, and Duke is basically wrapped up. There's a couple sites that are sort of remote up on hills that, if they're not done, they'll be done by the end of this week. But uh, there there isn't going to be much more left. I think a lot of draper has come off. Blue crop is coming off. It seems to be coming in later than anticipated, even though it looked like it was going to be uh, pretty decent, kind of like uh, everything else this year, just not shaping up to be what it could have been or maybe should have been. Late season stuff is progressing along. Definitely color in all the late season varieties. I imagine there's some younger fields, Eclipso maybe getting picked or if not, uh, very shortly or have been picked, uh, depending on your location in the valley. going to be a lot more acreage of that variety coming on over the next number of years. So I'm sure the volume will be ramping a bit at this time of year uh, from that variety. But again, it's not like the same acreage as do, that's for sure. So that's kind of where we're at. Pest and disease pressures have been manageable with the dry weather and the high temperatures. Things may change on the SWB front a bit, depending how many showers we actually get here that impact their population or not. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, I imagine there'll be some late season getting started in possibly as early as two to three weeks. We're already August 9th, so yeah, probably about two weeks or so. Perhaps some a little bit earlier, depending on location. That's my crop report. This is Pat Gullen reporting for the state of Indiana for the week of August 6th. Things are certainly winding down here quickly. Most of the area growers are already closed for the season. There are still a couple of us still picking. Temperatures have been on the cooler side, upper 70s, low 80s for daytime highs. And nighttime temperatures in the 50s and 60s continue to monitor for SWD. And so far, we have had very little trouble controlling it. The labor has been adequate so far. We are currently picking Sensation and Elliot. The quality has been good. Sizing is fair, medium to large fruit. The estimate still remains at 3.5 million pounds. And that's the end of my report. Hey, this is uh, Brody out of Michigan. The season's going well for many growers, uh, seeing an increased volume over last year. I would say SWD pressure is high this year, noticeably higher than last year. We're kind of getting into our uh, first pick of Elliott's in our, in our late season crop and still finishing up our second pick of our, our, our mid-late season. And uh, overall, things are, are looking good around here and labor's been adequate. I think that we're definitely seeing an increase over last year. And I think that optimism is, is uh, quite frequent amongst growers. So I would say that that, that number is looking good. All right, this is TJ Hafner doing the crop report for Oregon today. Temps this past week were warm in the mid-80s. This week is mostly more of the same with temps this weekend and next week expected to get close to 100. If that holds, it'll be a rush to get the late season varieties off. This week will likely be the last significant press to get fresh fruit to market, I think. I hope we don't have growers forcing subpar fruit into the fresh market post-heat coming off in the last couple of years. We need to work together as an industry to rebuild and maintain the high-quality fresh market reputation that we have. Late-season varieties uh, have started uh, to harvest this week. Growers are starting on last call, and I think there will be some Aurora hand picks going on. 
Liberty harvest is well underway. Calypso and Legacy is still being harvested. Cleanup passes happening in Clockwork and Cargo and Blue Ribbon. Similar story as last week as far as quality goes, with sizing being the main issue. Last call looks pretty good on some farms, but not as good on others. It seems that the farms were uh, it looks better, may have been a bit delayed in bloom, and maybe we're behind on bloom stage development when that heat hit on Mother's Day. The fresh market for both conventional and organic seems to be fairly strong now, with packers saying that they need more. As far as Oregon's projection, if I were to take a guess at it right now, I'd, I'd say about 15% below the 165 million pounds that they forecasted at the beginning of the season. But kind of want to wait and see how these late season varieties are coming in before we make a more firmer projection on that. So this is Alan Schreiber for the Washington Report. In eastern Washington, they are done or finishing Draper. They are picking Last Call and Aurora as well. Quality's okay. We actually, in eastern Washington, had the first rain event in over three months. It slowed things down a bit, but the market has been okay. It has been cooler than normal. In western Washington, they are also finishing Draper and going into the late season varieties. It has been cool there. It's never hot there, but it's been pretty cool. They've had some rain. It is raining right now. A little concerned about disease issues. In Skagit Valley, which represents perhaps 10% of our acreage, they think that the yields will be about average. Uh, in Whatcom County, which probably represents perhaps 40% of production, yields are expected to be below average. That is the Washington Report. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new ushbc.org forward slash data to find more of our data and insights center to see what's happening in the blueberry industry. Please join us at ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. And that's actually a perfect segue back to our conversations with Brandon and Joe. Brandon, one thing we're getting here is the access to eight hours a week. I think what Joe was referring to was analyst time. What's that typically used for and how do you see that helping benefit us as an industry going forward from here? There's no better way to derive the maximum value of the insight than to have somebody from our team driving that, you know, and being your advocate. And that's exactly what we've done with our partnership, you know, with Joe, with the USHBC is in our solution, including hours of that analyst time. And so that individual is providing updated information on all kinds of dimensions. So it could be form, right? So we're tracking, you know, what's happening in fresh versus what's happening in frozen. We're getting regional breakdowns where we're saying there's certain things that are happening in the South region as opposed to the North Central region. We're looking at all the key metrics on dollar sales, percentage change, unit sales, pounds that are moving through. You know, all these key metrics that, you know, are really the, the, the cornerstone of understanding the macro level information that's happening in the industry. However, we're starting to get even more granular than ever before, you know, like by getting into pricing detail, by getting into sales contribution detail, by getting into 
sales contribution is sold by size and saying like, are there trends in a six ounce package as opposed to an 18 ounce package? And then of course, what Spins is really known for out there in the industry is the level of attribution that we have to our products. So we, we provide organic detail for you all today, you know, to say, hey, what are the trends in organic versus non-organic, for example? But we're seeing in our data sets and the surveys that we have out there with the consumer population is like sometimes organic isn't enough anymore. You know, is it an upcycled product? So we just started tracking certification for uh, certified upcycled products. You know, like when consumers are saying, I want to know the manufacturers that are, you know, doing their part in handling our food waste problem today. Then we also have a brand new attribute that we just launched was certified regenerative organic, which is a stricter, you know, series of certifications in relation to regenerative agriculture and organic production. And so this is only going to continue. The consumer is going to expect more from the manufacturers all the way down the supply chain and really asking for the most sustainable methodologies. And then you'll be able to see the splits. That's what's so fun about our data sets is saying like, hey, is this price point really happening for you know this split for certified regenerative organic versus regular organic like we've actually seen that with some products like a very very different price point that the consumers are willing to pay for a certified regenerative organic product as opposed to just a standard organic defined product and certified product well and i think what's interesting for our audience to understand is you know there may be folks who are like well what does ushbc need to know that information for. And, and yet what we're finding is, uh, I think what you described between, you know, whether it's the splits, understanding market dynamics, but, you know, we have a resource that we as an art uh, research and promotion program spend in the area of marketing and promotions. So the granularity at which we could be understanding those markets better, of course, this category data project kind of born out of the pandemic but post-pandemic, it becomes a really important baseline understanding of behavior and then where you can find yourselves actually measuring our success at the moving the needle, right? So uh, if there's any doubt as to the value of this for a promotion program, it's built inherently into how you measure the success of your promotion programs. And, you know, understanding that, you know, for us as an organization, the largest budget spent in marketing and promotion against this category specifically. Now, certainly, We've got lots of partners who are responsible for other berries, but we're the one that spends it on blueberries. And so understanding those comparisons, understanding the Dimax of other parts of the produce department, understanding, you know, how uh, certain marketplaces are faring under circumstances that may not be as global as a pandemic that we face, but just getting into how the movement is affecting this business of blueberries we're in, that this becomes such important information. And so just to hear you say, and I know Joe's excited about this too, that there's a team of people who are going to support uh, Joe and his role. And then our ability to then share that information, you know, kind of the democratization of, of the market data from an aggregate perspective. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that, Joe. You know, there, there's an opportunity here with us working with Spins and Brandon's team on on how this information becomes made available. Obviously, we're going to redirect people back to our website. So, Joe, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you envision us taking the spins data, you know, replacing it with what we were doing with Nielsen. What are people going to see online? And then what more can they have access to working with you? 
I think it goes into what Brandon was just talking about in some of these new attributes that we're going to be looking at, new things that we're looking at trends. So, you know, it kind of goes into what Brandon is talking about with all the new attributes that are available. Uh, We're going to be looking at a lot of different trends and a lot of different, you know, comparisons and, and really trying to find that correlation on what is driving the category, what can help drive the category. You know, and I think really some of those pieces is how much product was sold on promotion timing. We're getting to a point of supply where there needs to be promotion year round and blueberries aren't the summer month fruit anymore. They're an all year round fruit. And what we really need to start focusing on and what we're looking at here at the USHBC is how do we promote and have a more consistent promotion strategy that's going to support blueberry growth year round and be able to lift that blueberry sales and the blueberry sales volume as supply continues to lift. And we're doing that by looking at the promotions, looking at promotions by retailer, by season, by frozen or, or fresh, organic or conventional, by pack size, and really trying to look for those key insights that are going to tell us where we need to go with our promotion strategy. Yeah, I, I think for those of us who and our listeners who understand that we focus on power periods and we look at ways in which we can synergize against the consumer's interest in National Blueberry Month or Brain Health Month or Heart Health Month, right? We're, we're taking advantage of power periods because that's where consumers are. We've got a health halo that can communicate, you know, a lot of great messaging. But to be able to slice and dice data, whether it's regionally or even understanding it week to week relative to some of the production data against some of our sales issues. There is a correlation between understanding how the fruit's moving through retail and the ability to affect change in that space through marketing and promotion and understanding that certainly over time. So as we continue to collect and we continue to get better at this, uh, it's only going to make our, our sharpening of the pencil for promotion and marketing dollar spend be more and more effective, which at the end of the day, from my perspective, there's a lot of value to all of this. But the most efficient use of funds when we're promoting and marketing the blueberries is what's critically important here. And having this kind of data laid over what I know we're working on in terms of the production data is so critically important to do this well and do it right and make it the most effective use of funds. I'm just really excited about it. And I think we could talk a little bit here, Brandon, from your perspective. I know we're early in our relationship here with spins, but can you talk a little bit about where you see us being uh, most effective using spins. I mean, I talked a little bit there about how we're really responsible for the category and marketing, but with what you know about us, how would you recommend this industry use the data? And and maybe not necessarily just about USHBC's interest in it, but as you see the value of this proposition coming into the USHBC working with spins, what would you recommend our audience look for, take advantage of as we continue to produce the reports that we're talking about here? What we tend to find with the relationships with partners the USHBC is once you start consuming data and you have especially year over year or quarterly over quarter trends, then it it starts this insatiable desire to know more and to learn more. And some of that we can get our arms around. So I'll give you an example. I'm looking at the last executive summary that we pulled together for you all and the greatest sales region you know, from a year ago in blueberries, just overall fresh or frozen was the South. It was a 6.3% year over year increase. The West actually had a posted decline of 4.3%. Now that's aggregated sales. So whenever I read that, like the very first question I want to know immediately is like, why? 
Why is that? So you can dive into things that are logical, like pounds and promotion and pricing and unit sales. Like some of those things will provide those answers to you. But what inevitably it inspires is learning more about the blueberry consumer and just the fresh and frozen fruit consumer just in general. It's getting potentially to root causes as to why organic you know, whether it was fresh or frozen, the aggregate sales of that is down year over year. So you could have a lot of hypotheses there. You could say, oh, it's inflationary pressures. You know, that's why organic blueberries are a premium. And that's got to be why they're down in sales from a year over year perspective. But if you dive into the, the detail, you may say, well, actually, units, units were up. You know, so maybe that hypothesis holds true. And so to me, it's exciting because it inspires us all to learn more about the blueberry consumer. And we're all going to get smarter as a result and more efficient over time. You know, this is what's exciting to me when I see some of these first reports coming out because they're only going to be refined over time. We're only going to get smarter and add more dimensions to them over time. And then it's exciting for me to understand the correlative effects. So I'll give you an example. You may not think immediately right at the top of your head, you know, as a council member, that you need to be up on all the diet and wellness tribes and uh, lifestyle diets of today's consumer. But that is an attribute that we track that could become really important for a number of reasons. You know, there could be a, a jump in the protein consumption that leads to the making of more smoothies that includes more blueberries, fresh and frozen. So these are things that are exciting to me that like as we get smarter over time, we can say what are leading indicators or correlative indicators that can allow us collectively to get smarter about anything in relation to catering to the consumer over the course of time and leading to a larger, you know, consumption marketplace for more blueberries. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're going is, you know, we recognize that, you know, the insights that this opportunity provides is new to the category. It may not be new to maybe let's say some marketers, but you know, some marketers are certainly wired in for all the fruits that they're representing or wanting to pull some data down to understand the market from their interest. I think what's unique about this opportunity with SPINS is that there's a lot that we can do at USHBC to help elevate the business intelligence of our industry. And that's part of this partnership is there's going to be ways in which Joe can uh, meet with the industry. So Joe, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you see uh, this relationship from Nielsen to SPINS giving us a better opportunity to service our industry. The opportunity with SPINS has given us what we need to be able to sit down and have more in-depth conversation to really get to know the category, really get to know package styles and what things of theirs are moving versus uh, the rest of market. And I think that that's, that's going to be key to try to elevate uh, across the board. It's that, you know, when the seas rise, all the boats rise with it and, and giving us that transparency and helping each individual company within the blueberry space understand where they stand, how they can get better, some things that we notice, those deep insights. And these are things that we can actually sit down at the table with spins and these you know different business leaders and have these conversations. And spins has given us the ability to do that multiple times a year with different organizations. And I think that's gonna be key to really helping elevate 
the use of the category data. Uh, so everyone's going to be able to have a chance at understanding their category and what's going on at retail. And being able to sit down is going to enable us to have democratized data in this set that, that everybody's going to have access to. Everybody's going to be able to sit down and understand their business and the retail business and the regional retail business and conventional versus organic and all these different claims and call outs that we're talking about. It's something that's going to be universal. And so everyone needs to have a chance to understand it so that they can make the right business decisions. And that's what we're going to be trying to do. Well, this has been a great conversation. Uh, we could spend a lot of time in this uh, discussion about data. I think we're going to obviously keep talking about it because we're going to have this conversation again months from now talking about these reports, what it's doing in relationship to the industry. And and of course, I love, uh, Joe, when we get the calls, not when the reports are late, but just knowing that there's a group of people who will call when they don't see the reports up on time. And so you know, that's when you know, which is what we've experienced recently, that uh, there's a hunger for this information. There's a desire for people to understand this business. And we've got a great partnership with Spins. It's going to help us deliver on that promise. So Brandon, I know, uh, you know, we've gone through quite a few things here, but I just want to, before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I would just challenge the whole membership to really lean on us in this partnership to maximize the return on the investment in the overarching partnership. Don't assume that there are things that we don't have the answers to. Like the more that we can ideate, the more that we can brainstorm, the more that members can ask Joe and his team, like, what, what about this derivative? Or what about this piece of information? Or I'm hearing a lot more chatter about this in the market. Like, please bring those suggestions, bring those questions, bring those concerns forth to this combined partnership. And we'll do everything in our power to refine the insights over time so that we have a growing number of people that are chomping at the bit for the next batch of insights to come out because they'll be that much more customized to the, the collective membership and providing information that's super, super useful. But most importantly, it can be tactful and it can be strategic all at the same time to help us all become more efficient over the course of time. Amen. Well, that is a great, a great point, Joe. Uh, you know, this has been a great conversation. Thank you for bringing Brandon onto the show and certainly your leadership and bringing spins on board. I'm really excited about this new direction. I'm excited about where our industry is going to be able to take full advantage of this information in a way that we haven't had that level of service before. So Joe, anything from your perspective, anything we have, we haven't touched on that you want to make sure we cover before we let you go? You know, Casey, I think we covered, I mean, this is the first uh, first conversation of many that we're going to be having about spins, about category, about retail. You know, it's just going to grow and grow. So stay tuned to the Data and Insights Center. Uh, we're going to have a lot more coming there over the next year. I think, you know, even the next few months, there's going to be a lot there. Uh, we're going to be reaching out uh, a lot of newsletters, a lot of new products that are coming and, and spins is really going to be that partner that gets us there. Yeah, I like uh, Brandon, the way you said, just, you know, push us, try to, you know, ideate, ask, you know, and I think, you know, Joe's been fortunate to be working with a number of, of folks in the industry who, who are pushing us to do different and better. And uh, so we're inviting of that, you know, whether it's through Joe, you know, getting into this with your analyst, Brandon, but uh, it, it's really a neat opportunity we have to kind of dig in 
even further with what we represent on behalf of the industry. So I appreciate both of you for joining me on the show today, but that's it for episode 143. I can't emphasize enough how much is happening in this area of data and insight. Everyone in the industry has an opportunity to be a part of building the data infrastructure that will propel us into the future. So this is your chance to engage with Joe and ensure that what we're building will be useful for you and your business. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the business of blueberries.